Hello, everyone. This is Stories from the Well, a podcast brought to you by The Well, a faith community in Tulsa that gathers every week around a shared meal to help each other find our place in God's story. We do that through food, conversation, fun, music, and of course, storytelling. Often, our story is from the life of Jesus, but sometimes it is from history or happenings in our world or from one of us. The Stories from the Well podcast highlights the experiences of people we think are doing good things and have something meaningful to say about life and faith. You can listen on a walk or in the car or with friends and family around the dinner table. And as you listen, ask yourself this question. Why does this person's story matter to me? Welcome to our table. Welcome to Stories from the Well. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Stories from the Well. Anthony and I are very excited. We have two things we get to do today. The first is we have a special guest, and she is a newcomer to the United States this year. And we thought on this July 4th episode, it would be fun to get her uh, her ideas, her experience, some perspective on what she um, has experienced here uh, while she's been here. So that's first. And then next, Anthony and I are going to talk about freedom, our own perspectives, our own experiences, um, questions we have um, based on what's happening in the world, things we're kind of wrestling through that we bet you might have some thoughts on too. So first off, we're going to start with our guest and I'm going to turn over to Anthony to introduce her. Absolutely. Yeah. Pastor Denise, it's always great uh, to be with you. And I mean, I'm super excited because a lot of us listening, we were born and raised in the United States. Or maybe if you weren't, you've lived in the United States for many, many years. Uh, but it's it's really great to hear the perspectives um, of someone who was not born and raised here. And so about a year ago, our family, the Archie family, was introduced to a wonderful young lady um, from the country of Colombia for a cultural exchange program. And um, her name is Anna Sofia Salas Ayala. She's 19 years old, from the country of Columbia, not the university. Uh, <laughs> but it's great to have you here, Sophie. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm happy with you, happy with you. Oh, that's We're awesome. excited to have you. Yeah, we are. Now, have you ever been on a podcast before? No, this is my first time. Woohoo! First podcast. I love it. It's and the beginning in, of a long and lustrous career. I love it. You can be famous <laughs> before the before the podcast <laughs> is over. Um, so yeah, we're gonna treat you well. So, uh, you know, I just want you to take a, a minute or two and tell our listeners, um, tell us about how you grew up in Colombia, what is Colombia like, and um, why did you decide to come to the United States? Uh, I, I love Colombia, and you know, uh, it's my country is a lot of things totally different than how it's here, like even the holiday, like, you know, we are close to July 4th, that especially events are totally different. Uh, so like Christmas, like one, that, that's one of the biggest difference. Like I grew up in Colombia and we like do a totally different way. We usually do a, like a big uh, party on something like that. And uh, that's some, that I think that's the most thing that I have like always 
seeing my country was like the way that we celebrate or we do the Paris, something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but I came here to this country. I heard from, about this program for a friend that she came here and she had a really good experience here in this country. And she said like, like this is a really good experience. It's like she, if you want to improve your English, this is really good. Mm. Uh, so I said like, why not? Yeah. <laughs> like I love kids and I, I would like to improve my English. So I decided to uh, do this great experience after I graduate from my school. So yeah, like, you decided to go on an adventure. Yes. Yes, it was a big, yep. a big adventure. Oh my gosh, it was it was, uh, and so we're so grateful to have you. So for the for the last year, um, Sophie, you have been in our home and have traveled with us across the United States. Um, I'm curious about some of the interesting experiences um, being in the United States and comparing it to Colombia, um, what are some of the interesting experiences that you had? I think one of the biggest one I had was the food. The food was like totally different. I think the Americans likes cheese. <laughs> 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 you have a lot of macaroni cheese, you like, what else? Like, I think it's like one of the specials things that you have, you like the fried things, I think you love the fried chicken, <laughs> and I love it too. Like, Had you I, ever had fried chicken before you came here? Yeah, we okay. had, but I think you have like a big love for this. Okay. I, I'm totally agree with that because I start to love it more, <laughs> even more I used to do it. So uh, I think that was one of the uh, biggest experiences I had. Um, the other one was the, the English, like, uh, I have friends from different countries, and I came here to with my idea about with my goal about learning English. But you came here with, like, you don't just learn English; you can learn a lot of languages that are here. Like, I have friends from France, for Brazil, and they came here with the, the same idea than me that go and learn English. But they came here and they say that they start to learn Spanish too. Mm -hmm. Even if that was not the first idea they have, so these are of that the most things that I was one of the more experience that I more like it. It was like like see um, uh, American culture, but also see like the Asian culture that uh, from India culture that was even the Mexican culture. Like mm -hmm. I, I really like it. Wow. So what what I'm hearing you say is that in the United States. Um, you experienced a diversity of cultures, yeah, of languages and um, expressions. That's interesting. Yeah, I think that was one of the things that I saw sort of make special these countries. Like a lot of countries here is amazing. So uh, another thing that you were telling me uh, about what's unique about Americans is about air conditioning. What, what were you saying about air conditioning? I think that you like it's really high. Like I, I can understand because. In these days, it's really hot, but uh, yeah, it's usually really high. Like in my country, we don't have like seasons right. Like here, we have. I from a city that usually is cold, so it's not like necessary. So, but yeah, the, the American likes the really high conditioner. So. so you said you're from a city that's so your your city in Colombia. What city are you from? I'm from Bogota. It's the capital. Okay. So uh, and it's, it's colder than here. It's a colder climate than here. 
Yeah, like most of the time it's like raining. Maybe it's not like too huh. cold, like it's winter here. But okay. it's most of the time the most high temperature is like 60s. Oh, so wow. okay. So probably humid, but not. Okay. Yeah. So but not as hot. Okay. So that, like in Colombia, like if you wanna like, go to the hot city, you go and drive two hours. Or you wanna cold city, you gotta drive two hours. So that that one. That was one of the big, big experience I have here was the air conditioner. Like <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that's really funny. Guys, we use air conditioning, air conditioners too much. What she's saying is sweat it out. <laughs> um, we also had a conversation um, a few weeks ago about guns and maybe some of your perspectives on the way Americans view um, firearms. Do you want to you want to talk about that for a little bit? Yeah, that that's good. Like, uh, um, I came from most of the Latin America. That's like, maybe I can say like weird for us. Like how uh, the Americans are freedom with the guns. Like we usually we we like this the uh, like topic is not the same mm -hmm. in Colombia when in in Latin, in Latin America. Like, uh, that one of the things that uh, United States is famous for, for this dance culture. Yeah. So when you say that, meaning that, because you said we're, so I'm guessing we're infamous for that, <laughs> but that we, because more Americans carry guns or have guns or assert that right to carry a gun, and that isn't the same in, in Colombia? No. Citizens don't. Do they possess guns? And they just have them at home, or they don't carry them, or it's not something that most citizens even um. No. That was like uh, something that was like a big surprise for me when I came here. I went to a supermarket, I saw a person who was like, like a normal person with a gun in, yeah. in his like, belt. belt. So that, that was like something weird for me because you don't see that in Colombia. Just if you are, a, I don't know, like a policeman or something like that, they will have a gun, but okay. it's not like a normal person in the street will have. Okay. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah, interesting perspective. Um, a couple of weeks ago, um, you asked me, you, so you had been living um, with us probably three months, and I remember you came to my wife and I, and you asked us about this phrase that we use um, God bless America. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about tell us about that phrase and what what your questions were concerning that phrase. God bless America. I, I think the I'm, for me it's kind of curious like how like the Americans love America. I can understand like how they feel like I, I was like a kind of curious phrase I hear was like oh that's. That's cool. I like it. <laughs> you do. You like it. Well, and, and it's interesting, Denise, that um, that um, there's such a like a love for like in this country. There is sort of like a um, it's for, from someone coming from outside of the country. It doesn't take them very long to see that in the United States we take patriotism and um, religion and, and there are, you know, we're trying to 
blend those two things together? Yeah, so basically by saying God bless America, there's a there's a marriage there mm-hmm. of two things and you don't have a you don't have a phrase like that in Colombia, you're saying. No. There's there's no God bless Colombia or anything like that in your country. Yeah. No. That's that's it's it's super interesting because like there are like folks in the country who really believe that um, God has a very special relationship with uh, the United States um, above even over and above other nations and um, maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And I, I think yeah. I think it can be a generic phrase. I think sometimes we just say God bless America because we. We want our nation to prosper. We want to be doing the right thing. We want to, um, you know, people to flourish. So it can be a very generic thing of just, you know, in all of history, you know, may make kind of this prayer, this wish, may we be the best that we can be. Mm-hmm. But I agree. I think its roots potentially come, or either its roots or its expression now also, you know, is connected to this very ingrained um, religious culture in the United States. Yep. So, so yeah, we may we'll tap we we may come back to that for sure. Later. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, I have a question for you, uh, Sophie, and this is not an original question. So, I've been re- Denise. I've been reading this book. Um, have you ever heard of Tim Ferriss? I have not. Well, he, I, I, I had not either, but apparently he Sorry, has Sorry, Tim. Yeah, sorry about You're it. listening. Tim, you can come <laughs> on our podcast anytime. Uh, but he has, a, he has a book out called Tools of the Titans, and huh. it's about um, sort of the routine. He, like, he, through his podcast, he's interviewed um, all these very interesting people and has sort of compiled their routines and mindsets, et cetera, in this, in this book. And so one of the so the, the question I'm going to ask you, Sophie, is not an original question. I have to give props to Tim Ferriss. Of course, we have to. Um, so good on good on you, Tim. Um, he asked this question of his guests, so I'm going to ask it of you. If you could put a message on a billboard for all Americans to read, what would it say? I think as Colombian, I will say that it's not. Colombia is Colombia. <laughs> I think that's one of the, I will say, all the time. Even we have songs that, like, Colombian singers will say that it's not Colombia, it's Colombia. So, so we're, think, sa- we're saying the name wrong, number one. That's <laughs> Wait, so how, okay, school me on this. So it's not what? It's not Colombia with you, it's Colombia with O. Colombia. 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 Okay, gotta work on that. I love that. Okay, everybody, we've been saying it wrong. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I I saw that like a couple of times, even when someone texted me, I said, I am from Colombia. I said, Oh, from Colombia. I said, Oh, no. (laughs) So do you correct people? Do you go, No, I'm actually from Colombia. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of times. I definitely will do that, like, because that's not. That's you know the pride. first thing that happened. pride in the name and the place that you come from. I think that makes sense. That'd be like somebody calling you Dennis. That's right. <laughs> we were talking earlier. I asked her if she wanted to be, you know, if she goes by Sophia or Sophie. And she said, oh, it doesn't. It's all, they're both fine. I said, that's great. I said, I just always want to ask because I don't really like it when people call me Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> I won't call you that. Not, okay. not anymore. No, I haven't. <laughs> but um, anything else? Any, yeah. Anything else? I think like this more serious one 
Uh, I think that like the phrase that I I always like have in my mind is like live my own life. Like I love the people living their own life. Like everyone we are our own. So that's the thing. That's my phrase for my life. So that definitely I would say that. Mm. On a billboard, that yeah, would be another like, thing you say. See, yeah, like living my my own life and be happy. So letting people live their own life. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a reference to freedom. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Okay. There we go. I love I, it. I have, can I ask her a question? Please. Just in wrapping up. So what is, what do you, do you have any idea of what's next for you? Like how long are you here and what would you like to, what would you like to do next or in your life? I will move soon to the north, to Massachusetts. And I, I'm excited for it. And I will, I know that will be a big difference mm-hmm. between be here in the south and then move to the north. And I know also I will, will be like, um, like I talk with some people from the north, mm-hmm. and it's a big difference with the accent. Mm-hmm. Like it's a totally different. Like um, even uh, for I, I travel sometimes to the north, and how the people is here in the south is a big difference from the north. Like you know, here it's like the people is more polite. Mm-hmm. So um, I will move in that area. and that will be a new. Uh, experience uh, like totally different that I already have here in okay. this part of the country. So I will move and uh, will take care. Of, like we'll have a new experience being outward in that area uh, for one year more. Okay. So um, you'll go do the same thing in Massachusetts. Are you going to Boston or do you know? Uh, we'll be close to Boston. Okay. My daughter's in Boston. Oh, really? So I'll connect you. Oh, that's, yeah. that's cool. Thank You'll you so know somebody much. in Boston. Mm-hmm. Somebody oh, in Boston. Thank she, you. If, if you're in the city. Um, that's wonderful. And then just, I'm curious, long term, do you have like plans for what you want to do for a career or school or training? Yeah, I went to, uh, sorry, something I went to be in a college. Uh, probably I will co- I will come back to my country because I, I like international business. So that was the reason I I went to improve my English, mm-hmm. and even I would like to learn more languages, like okay. French, Portuguese, Italian. Okay. Well, you all heard it. And so if anybody out there is on, you know, doing international business and you want to get connected with her and mentor her or just encourage her journey, let us know. Um, I'm excited for you. I'm so glad we got to meet you and hear your story so far and maybe where it's headed. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much, Sophie. I thank you so much. It was really Thanks nice to meet you. You too. Okay, that was a really fun conversation with Sophie. <clears throat> she is just delightful. She, I love that she came to the United States wanting to, A, have a different cultural experience Um, B, expand her uh, English and all that she's, you know, experienced while she's been here. And and just to hear that this is maybe the first step for her in um, a degree in international business. And so we wish her well. Uh, Just grateful that she gave some thoughts and gave us her time today. And and now Anthony and I want to kind of pivot a little and, and, and take this idea of being a citizen, this idea of freedom, and, and talk about it a little bit. Um, 
do you have any you have any thoughts you want to add yeah, before I, we jump in yeah i just want to i want to second what you said about sophie I, you know i don't think um i don't think that i would be able maybe i would be able but i would i would be so nervous about going to another country by myself i did not know the language well it's a total cultural experience i'm going to um room with a with a family that i i only know a little bit and um you know there's such bravery in that and so i i really i really admire her a lot and it makes me reflect on um you know, as a christian as somebody who's a part of this christian tradition uh when it comes to like july 4th and we think about freedom and what freedom means um it it makes me think about freedom from a you know kind of a larger perspective that there are people right. there are people outside of america who have hopes who have dreams who have aspirations who are hard working and who i have to learn from and oh, um, so yeah. it was it was great to 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 hear to learn and it sort of informs our conversation about you know what does it mean to be um some a person of faith or maybe not a person of faith and sort of like reconciling what does it mean to be an american that appreciates freedom and um, and liberty in, in the country you know she said something that i actually thought was funny not haha funny but ironic funny she is from colombia i to make sure i say the, the the word not not colombia so take the u out Colum it's an o colombia um but anyway she said that she has she came expecting to practice uh, her English and she's also learned other some other languages she's begun to learn some other languages and I think that's hilarious that uh, an exchange program brings somebody here who English is already their second language and she's already adding other languages and my thought was wow, we can't even seem to uh, learn a second language and practice it as citizens of the United States. I, bear, I barely so, know English. <laughs> but interesting, Anthony shared earlier, his children are in a Spanish immersion program and, and Sophie has practiced Spanish with them, so their Spanish has gone through the roof. That's I think right. that's probably one of the best things that's happened for your family this year. That that's, will be that's really, that's huge really in their life. It is. And my Spanish is increasing as well. Okay, good. To... Well, you can help me with mine because mm -hmm. I'm... Yeah, I took French. There's no place to practice French in the United States. <laughs> uh, so here's the thing. Sunday, I was looking, uh, reading through the lectionary passage, um, doing a little Lectio Divina, which has very much been my practice of immersing myself in Scripture this year, uh, listening to a passage three times, listening for words and phrases that really jump out for me. And it's been a very special experience for me this year because... You know, I have a seminary degree. I've done a lot of Bible study. I'm by all means not an expert. But, you know, when you've been through seminary, you, you get all the history in the background and you learn how to study and break sentences down and look at the languages and stuff. And for me, this next step of just sitting and imagining the scene of what's happening and why it's being said and what people are thinking and feeling and wait, what maybe is happening that's not in the passage has been really beautiful and has brought scripture alive for me. So if you don't know how to do Lexio Divina, message me and I'll send you some resources. There's a lot of great ones out there. But I just, 
I was sitting on my back deck and I was listening to Matthew 10 verses 37 through 42. And I want to read those to you. And I just want to, Anthony and I are going to use this passage as kind of our launch pad for a conversation about freedom. So this is from the New Living, Transi- New Living Translation, <clears throat> starting Matthew 10, verse 37. If you love your father or mother more than you love me, you are not worthy of being mine. Or if you love your son or daughter more than me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. And if you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. Anyone who receives you receives me, and anyone who receives me receives the Father who sent me. If you receive a prophet as one who speaks for God, you will be given the same reward as a prophet. And if you receive righteous people because of their righteousness, you will be given a reward like theirs. And if you give even a cup of cold water to one of the least of my followers, you will surely be rewarded. So I hear this passage and I have a lens that I'm hearing it through. I'm thinking about what Jesus is um, saying and why he's saying it to uh, his friends and followers, uh, giving maybe a reason and a purpose for them and restating his purpose of what, why he's there and, and what he's up to. Uh, and we just had a really fun truck go by, so hopefully that... Uh, it looks like it's about engine. to dump some garbage. I know. It's, oh, it's a, it's a, so anyway, sorry, a little distracted squirrel. <laughs> but I thought, well, that's going to be a noise on the podcast. Sorry about that. Um, so it got me thinking that, you know, in, in our world, in our nation, there are a lot of lenses that this passage would, would be seen through. And so I, I just thought we would maybe break it up a little bit and, yep. and talk about it, Anthony. Yeah. Yeah, I think... Um, you know, in verse 37, he says, anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, or anyone who loves their son or daughter um, more than me is not worthy of me. And I thought, man, like, Jesus is, is he's it's, drawing the line right there. It's harsh, isn't it? It's hard. It's harsh mm-hmm. and hard. It's sort of like, um, I don't know if you ever, when I was dating my wife, maybe, maybe, and it wasn't this harsh, but it was like, there came a point where we had to, like, do the DTR define the relationship? It's like, are we? I think that's a great perspective. Are we? Are we? And I think we had been dating um, for a little bit, but it was like the the level of commitment that I think she wanted to go to, and my, me as well. Uh, but it was like we need to have the conversation as to like what does that what does that look like? What sort of commitment does that mean? And um, you know, I mean, if I can just cut to it because I think there's a there's a whole way you can like uh-huh. you should exegete the father and mother and, and right, 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 right. but I think anyone who loves their country more <laughs> than me uh, wait so, so, wow way to just go for it right it's just kind of there is so what's interesting is like from thinking about our conversation with Sophie um, and I had to confront this in my own heart or just like reflect on it, there is a sort of pride, patriotism, love for our country, um, a sort of preference for the way that 
we as Americans do things um, that is nearly, nearly religious. Um, and I know I'm probably making some people, some people nervous, but just like um, the fact that I'm comfortable, I want to speak English instead of Spanish in a, in a, in a Mexican restaurant. And instead of like saying, you know, hey, why don't I try out my Spanish? Or, um, you know, I prefer American pop music. Or I, I like I like the the um, you know um, to where I have I have preferences that reflect um, sort of a loyalty to you know American culture as opposed to um, saying to myself, wait a minute, this sort of love needs to be submitted to something or someone, in this case, Jesus, who, who's greater. And um, that, that's, that's interesting because like, um, if, we, if we're not careful, we can somehow like take our love for the country and maybe our love for God and, and blend them to a point where we think that we're loving God or we think that we're loyal to God, but really we're just serving sort of the interests of, um, you know, our love for our mom, our dad, our sister, our brother, or something else that, that, um, that is not God. It makes me think of the word clarity. And I love, I love that you talked about DTR. Like I, the beginning of this chapter is the sending out of all of the 12 apostles. And so you know, Jesus is giving them instructions on what to do when they enter a city or a village, when he's telling them, here's what you're encounter, here's the dangers you're going to encounter, here's the hardship, here's what I expect of you. This is how we're going to get this story shared. And I, I don't want you to be surprised by the things that are difficult. I don't want you to be surprised when you're rejected. But I want you to know this is the way that you're going to be able to share this message and, and really tell people about God's love and God's work and in a new way, in a new, fresh way. And so he tells them that. And then this passage that we're talking about is the end of that. And I think he's just trying to help them to find the relationship. Mm -hmm. Listen, friends, this is the big, this is the big leagues. Like I'm sending you out. I'm not going to be there. We, we got to make sure we're all on the same page here and, uh, and saying, you know, you, you're not going to be able to get two days in and go, I'm homesick. I'm, I'm going back. You know, I mean, so that's just an example. I'm thinking of like, what is their context? What are they thinking about when they're hearing him say this? Um, it's not that he doesn't want them to love his family, their families. Uh, he wants them to keep the main thing, the main thing, to like keep their priorities straight, or as Anthony has told us to define the relationship. Let's, let's make sure that it's in its good and, and prioritized place so that everything else that you do flows from that. Mm -hmm. And so if that's what's happening, um, I think he's giving them clarity yeah. about, about what they're supposed to be doing and what they're supposed to focus on. And you're talking about this blurring of our national identity and our faith identity that what happens when those things get married, mm -hmm. when they become so intertwined, we lose clarity. Yep. Yeah. You're, um, I, I, the way that I, I look at it is um, 
everything in my life, and I do not do a good job of this at all, and so I have to get a lot better, but like my, um, my marriage or relationship with my children or my money or uh, you know, we talk about issues of sexuality, I can imagine like holding, holding it in your hand, you can either like, it could be a closed fist that you hold around this identity, or you can have an open hand mm. toward God. Um, you know, we work, um, uh, you and I are part of, of the Matthew 5, 9 fellowship where, uh, we work with pastors across the nation, trying to bridge divides and, and bring people together. And one of the things we talk about, um, all the time in the Matthew 5, 9 fellowship is that our primary identity, we're made up of many different identities. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm a... I am a White Sox fan. I love uh, Portillo's uh, hot dogs, which is uh, an amazing uh, hot dog place in Chicago. Uh, I love. Um, I need to try this. Uh, you have to come. You have to <laughs> absolutely. Um, so uh, there's sports teams. I'm a yeah, I'm a man. I'm an African American. Uh, I live in the South in the United States. There are so many different things that make up who I am. Right. But there are some identities that are are more important. Uh, than than others, and my identity as a as a follower of Jesus has to be, and I think what he's saying in the verse is that that relationship it defines all the all the other all relationships. The so I take um, my patriotism, or I take my um, relationship with my wife, and I, in an open hand, I say, Jesus, what is your view on on this? What is your sort of take on on it? How, how would you like me to live uh, in, in light of your gift of love and your mercy and your grace toward me? And I think you have to do that in community mm -hmm. because like, I think our problem is we have so many blind spots. Um, you know, I think that um, I'm surrendered to Jesus when um, really I'm not. And, and somebody else who is also doing life with me can see that I'm not. But, you know, am I in community enough where we can have those honest conversations? I just think about how many times, <laughs> I mean, let's just, let's just think about how many times Jesus, his friends, his followers, they say something, you know, and many of you know how much I love Peter. Often it's Peter, but, and, and listen, the, the stories that he is, are most repeated are when Peter, James, and John get it wrong. Like when they misunderstand what it lit, what it means to live with that open hand with Jesus. And he's like, no, no friends. That's, that's not what I meant. Um, that's not where we're headed. And but they're clinging to something. They're clinging to, um, status. They want to know if they get the, if they get the good seats, um, in, in eternity because they've been so loyal to him. They want to know, um, you know, if they can stay up on the mountain, um, when they, you know, and, and build a camp mm -hmm. instead of coming down and like really living out what, what, you know, what's happening in the week to come. Um, it makes me wonder if there are places in our culture where Jesus would be standing with us and he'd go, nope, mm. yeah. no friends. That's not what I meant. Sure. Um, you getting what you want, uh, through, uh, legislation, through violence. Um, violence, through intimidation, through privilege. That's not what I meant. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I, I'm saying something really 
I mean, I'm sure we may get a couple of comments here, but I, I'm, I'm wrestling with that too because I'm sitting next to my friend Anthony and I am a white woman in our culture who has experienced so many things that did not have the hurdles that Anthony has faced. And when I listen to his story and he and I share, you know, swap stories, um, I, I can recognize that without feeling like I've lost privilege or lost something to just acknowledge that my experience is different than his and in many in many ways has been easier. Um, so I think it's just important for us to ask ourselves, what are we clinging to? What is that tight fist we're holding on to mm -hmm. that we are so sure that God wants for us? But if we opened our hands and let go of it, we would be astounded at what God could do in and through us and our communities and our nation if we would just stop trying to force something. Mm -hmm. But honestly, I think Jesus would be like, it's really not the point. That's not what I had in mind. We're not going to get to it by revolution and by fighting and by, um, you know, by having majorities. And yes, there's a place for civic life. But I think that I, if I were to just really put a challenge out there that Anthony and I talk about often and that we, we also think through with the Matthew 5-9 fellowship of being peacemakers, I think that um, I think it's supposed to happen different ways. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <clears throat> you talk about Peter and John, and Peter specifically, it just makes me think about the, um, the Garden of Gethsemane. Yeah. Um, Jesus is um, arrested, and there is this. So, like they send this, you know, horde of um, Roman soldiers to to get Jesus. And what does Peter do? <laughs> he takes out his sword and he starts chopping. He's he's like, yeah. we are not about to go out like this. He attacks someone. That's right, because his idea of what the kingdom of God advancing or the, or us, what, what does it mean for us to win? It means that, um, Jesus is alive. He becomes, um, a political ruler, a political king. And we, and if it takes force, then we use force. That's his mind. Uh, that's his mindset. And Jesus has to correct him and say, wait a minute, there is a vision for the kingdom of God coming for, forward, but it's not going to come about by anti-Christian methods. And I think, um, so I have to challenge myself, like we want to see um, good, we want to see, you know, our version of the kingdom of God flow freely and, you know, are trying to, through prayer and community, discern what, the, what that vision looks like but we we need to like be established in the fact it's not going to come from villainizing people who don't, who don't look like us or uh through creating legislation um through people who against people who who don't vote like us or believe like us right um i think that's what you're you're hitting at jesus said um those who live by the sword die by the sword right and we're we're not called to live uh that way and here's here's how i I'm seeing it. If there's a tightness in my chest as I'm hearing that, if you're a white woman, 
wanting and, and we're having a conversation about privilege and there's a tightness saying, you know, I don't want to have this conversation. Or you're a man and you, um, a woman is telling you about her experience in this world and you're like, I don't want to hear that because you, that, that might be a symptom that you're taking that identity, that part of yourself, and you're holding it a little too tightly and you're saying, I got I to gotta hold on to this identity. I can't let anybody speak into it because if they do, I'm not good enough or I'm not as good as I think I am. And really, I think the gospel is this idea that our worth, our value, our acceptance, our affirmation come from Jesus. The fact that God loves us, knows us, and has expressed the greatest amount of love for us through what Jesus has done for us. And so, yeah. I would also say... Um, I think the, the thing to remember is that God is so compassionate towards our fear. And in, in my thought, all the things that I hold tightly to are things that I'm afraid of losing. And, and God gets that. I think Jesus gets that. That's why he's giving them this message of, I'm sending you out and it's not going to be easy. And I know there are going to be some struggles and some fear, but don't be afraid because those who give up their life for me will find it. And so I think my encouragement for, for us, because we still have places in our life that we have fears of things changing, of things not being the same, of not having the same influence or the same um, ability uh, to lead or be in charge. I am a bossy human being and I, <laughs> it's very, it's hard for me to be like, all right, I'm not in charge here. Um, so I, I get that fear, but I, it's what we do with that fear. Mm -hmm. Do we hold so tightly that we miss the amazing thing God's trying to do in our world? Do we hurt others because we're afraid? Those are the kinds of questions I ask. And uh, it also, I just want to uh, refer to a, a Pew Research poll that came out, um, I think in 2020. And I'm going to get the statistics a tiny bit off. I don't know them exactly. But basically in 1970, uh, approximately 1970, about 85% of Americans identified as Christians. And then in 2020, that was down to about 55%. And so if we continue to follow this trajectory, Pew is um, anticipating that in uh, 2070, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In 2070, about 35% of Americans will identify as Christian. So here's, my, here's what I keep telling myself. What we're doing right now to try to hold tightly to being a Christian nation, um, to hold tightly to things as they've always been that we don't want to change or release and let God be at work in them, it's not working. And what God is doing in our world and his existence in the universe will remain. He will still be there. He will still have love and, and authority in the world but the Christian church might die if we keep, you know, something else might spring up, but we might lose it all if we just keep holding on. And I think back in history, when and how many times in history 
has a Christian institution been so determined to win that we lost? Mm, 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 mm. That we lost standing in the world, we lost influence, we lost our ability to, um, to really make things right because we were so badly needed to win as an institution. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the second part of this passage, there were a couple sentences that um, we talked about. And we actually, I forgot to talk about this, we actually both um, have read an article recently interviewing Michael Emerson, who's the author of Divided by Faith. And Michael has a book coming out with some colleagues next February. And they just kind of looked and tried to assess, like, what is the state of, um, of Christianity in our nation now? And it's like 20 years after he wrote the book Divided by Faith, which was about how the Christian church is very divided by ethnicity and race in our nation. Mm-hmm. Um, so this new study, which ties us back to this idea where we, you know, even Sophie told us that, like, God bless America was a very curious statement for her because there was almost a religious zeal to, to that connotation for her. And so we also both read this article in the last week or two where Michael shares that in his findings of this research they've done in the last few years, they estimate that is it two thirds? Two thirds. Two thirds of white Americans identify um, would, would be not identified. Two thirds of white Americans really are practicing a religion of whiteness that they probably are interpreting as their Christian faith, and that's that's astounding to me. But I think that bears. Um, that bears on what we've been talking about today, that we keep holding tightly to something, in this case, whiteness, Mm -hmm. that is taking away clarity about what it means to follow Jesus. And I I think, when I, and I'm not white, I'm not white, but I could imagine, um, and I've I've read Michael Emerson, Dr. Michael Emerson, and uh, phenomenal, fantastic, his, his children are um, phenomenal and fantastic. We yes, know them they are. as well. Um, but to hear someone say, and he, no, Michael, Doctor Michael O. Emerson is a white man as well. But um, for him to say that, I, I'm not white, but I would be like, man, I would be really tempted to be offended or to like, ooh, um, get really red in the face and sort of uh, resistant to that sort of uh, characterization. Um, but I w- what I would do, uh, what I would encourage folks listening to do, number one, uh, read the article. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, g- go to uh, Evangelical Covenant Church. Our, our website, was it uh, the Cub? Covchurch.org. Covchurch.org. And Jelani uh, Greenwich wrote the article. It's, it's very good. But essentially it is um, not, not this idea that it, it's wrong to be white or it's wrong to be right. black. But it is, if you understand sort of the sociology, sort of how um, the country uh, was founded and just some of the cultural and, and racial, uh, the caste system, the, divide, the, the divides and the inequities that were baked into um, some of the early founding of the country. And then the systems of faith that developed, you know, the reason why we have, right. a, bl- the reason why we have a black church 
in this country is not because, oh, black people, want, we want to do our own thing. It's because we wanted to have church with um, folks, you know, with white folks, but um, there were laws in place and norms in place that separated uh, those two things. And so, as, as you know, you have all of these other dynamics, things like redlining, um, the fact that, you know, um, living in, in neighborhoods that are predominantly white, you know, you have better schools or better health outcomes. If you are a white Christian, if you are a white person who is also Christian, you're living in oftentimes the, the wake or the result of many of those policies, many of those legislation. That's a great way to explain it. And so you, so like, quote unquote, a religion of whiteness is essentially, are you willing to acknowledge or sort of reflect on um, not only the belief, like, do I believe in Jesus? Do I believe in the Bible? But also what privileges, what sort of access, what sort of experience in this world and in, in this country have I had that my Christian black brothers and sisters have not had? And um, am I willing to to sort of peel that apart and, and deal honestly uh, with that? And I think that's what his heart is. And so, um, you know, I would hope that, that folks who are white and black and, and of other races um, can look at his work and, and really benefit from it. And let's just let's just be clear. This could happen anywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I think that part of what was happening in in Jesus's story is there there was a, a religious zeal that was misplaced there too that he was countering. Um, and so it's just it's just taking a deep breath being willing to be curious and and just look upon the trajectory of where we're headed as a Christian movement and ask, are there some things we are holding so tightly to that they have become more important than the simplicity and the beauty of following Jesus and not trying to manage and make it all happen a certain way? Um, I. We've just had a great conversation here, and I, I know Anthony may have some other uh, closing thoughts too, but I just want to end with this verse, uh, 42. The, Jesus finishes this conversation in this chapter with, and if you give even a cup of cold water to one of the least of my followers, you will surely be rewarded. And he and I were talking, um, this idea of the least of these it becomes, it's, it's a way that we other other each other. So Jesus is using it in a very um, healthy way, but we start looking at people in our culture. Definitely it can mean economically, and probably in this case, Jesus saying, you know, who's thirsty that you need to give a drink to? There's, you know, there's places he talks about that too. So he's talking about that, but if we try to, again, take this passage and go, what would he be saying to us today in light of this? How would this be speaking to our lives, I just think about the people that we think are less than us, mm -hmm. the people that were worried about their walk with Jesus, were concerned about their faith, were not, we don't think that they are all that they could be as a Christian, or their choices, or their doctrine, or their belief isn't quite as good as ours, or it's not, um, 
it's it's not what God wants. We're and we are sure of that. We have this certainty. And one of my favorite things that um, I know in uh, that is as Anthony used the word baked into um, at least covenant identity. This this history that we are a part of in the evangelical covenant denomination is the willingness to say, I could be wrong. See, we are afraid to say that we've looked at scripture and we might have it wrong because then our, what's wrong with us? But there's so many times that Jesus looks at his friends and goes, friends, we're, nope, that's not where we're going. And he doesn't reject them or send them away. He just says, nope, that's not where we're headed. That's not what we're doing. And so the ability to look at people that we've categorized and otherized as not as good or not in the right place or not where God wants them. Could we, are we able to give them a cold, refreshing drink, welcome them into conversation and relationship and be willing to just entertain the idea that sometimes we get it wrong. Mm-hmm. And he says, he says in verse 42, if you have that sort of attitude, you won't lose your reward. Okay. We're so right. worried about losing. Yeah. And Jesus says, living this sort of way with hands open, saying with your heart open, um, humbly, you're not going to lose. Right. He says, you won't lose your reward. You, everything that, that you're supposed to get, Jesus will give it to us. And the things that we do lose, they, they weren't the most important thing. That's right. I'm, we're not saying it's not without cost, but the cost is something that we, um, on the other side of making that choice, of being courageous, of being curious, being willing to like really dig into some humility. That's when we find, oh my gosh, this is such a flourishing and beautiful and um, redemptive place to find myself. That's right. So we will put that. That was a great conversation. I love it. Thank you for that. Anthony, I love just like digging into stuff like this. Um, we'll put the link to that article uh, in the notes and also just links to, uh, you know, this is July 4th. We actually put a link um, a few weeks ago on our website to Juneteenth. There's a really wonderful documentary on Juneteenth, which was, is you know, what the African-American community would consider their Independence Day from being enslaved. And uh, there's a really great documentary that talks about what happened in Galveston, Texas, that helped um, help the the people still enslaved there. You know what? Two years after yep. the Civil War was, mm-hmm. they were declared free. Um, it's it, I just highly recommend it because I learned things that I did not know. So we'll put that link in there and just really encourage you to just kind of think think about this topic. Um, and as Anthony said, if you feel some resistance, if you feel some, you know, you just want to say, but what about this? Or, um, you know, maybe even we've stepped on your toes a little bit. We certainly have been through some experiences where we've had to think through those things. And I just encourage you to like hold off on making a decision. Really 
say a prayer and say, God, do you have something to show me here that maybe isn't comfortable, but that really could make a big difference for myself and for others. And just encourage you to do that. And we'd love your feedback. And if this gets a good conversation started, we would love that too. Thanks for joining us, Anthony. Thanks for helping today. Thanks for getting Sophie to come and tell us her story. Great to be here anytime. You all, happy July 4th. Happy Independence Day. Mm-hmm. On behalf of The Well, we are so glad that you stopped by for this episode. We would love to connect with you. We are at The Well Tulsa Dinner on Facebook. We are at The Well Tulsa on Instagram, and our website is thewelltulsa.org. Please visit, fill out our contact form, come and join us at a community dinner sometime. We would love to have you as our guest. And if there's any way that we can encourage your life and faith, we would also love to know that. So we're saving a place at the table for you. Let us know you're coming, and we will see you at the well.